Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number three of the Get Right. We're Reggie KG on 105. Three of the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On stage. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The non-functioning text line, 877 <laughs> 877-881-1053. Shout out to Fan Phenom, the final week of Fan Phenom at uh, Fat Daddy's in Mansfield tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shout out to the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. I know Bobby Belts, Alec Medford, they're all hanging out in Mansfield tonight for the final week of Fan Phenom 2023. Uh, had the fortunate pleasure last week mm-hmm. uh, to hang out at Twin Peaks in Louisville. I will say, Chris Arnold, uh, we had the biggest turnout of the Fan Phenom. You don't know what the turnout is today? I'm going to take a prediction and say that, you know, my week one, okay. the turnout. All right. Uh, hopefully that holds true. No, I'm just kidding. A lot of great folks coming out. Had a chance Showed a lot of love for the get right. Really appreciate all of you who uh, showed up and showed out last week in Twin Peaks at, uh, in Louisville. It was a great time. And um, <laughs> one of my favorites, uh, a young man by the name of Brett, maybe no more than 11, 12 years old. Oh, wow. Can we legally hire him? I don't even know. I uh, know. Child labor laws okay. is probably not. Like, I don't even know if that can uh, But my man, he cut up and did his thing. And, he was uh, cooking. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, right. we got a chance to like a little professional wrestling, okay. little cowboys. Yeah, he he was great. So shout out to my man Brett. He was uh, a lot of fun. So hopefully, uh, I don't know that we need more people talking professional wrestling on these airways, but you know what? It's fun. It's cool. There's always room no, to talk not. more professional. I can wrestling. tell you that def- definitively, <laughs> that there is not more room. Uh, but shout out to Gavin Spittle, the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold, uh, Bobby Bill, Alec Man for all hanging out. Uh, Fat Daddies in Mansfield, final week of Fan Phenom 2022. I'm interested to see how this all uh, shakes out and gets you know whittled down to who are mm-hmm. the uh, the three individuals who. Assuming that's exactly how it works. I think, this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know. Whomever the finalists are. I didn't read the rules. <laughs> it's just true. You, I, I you didn't, you I'm, not in the, I'm not in a competition. Why well, I need to know the rules for? You, you're in a competition with your own self to be great every day, Reg. Okay. That's all that matters. Uh, speaking of competition, Cowboys competing. For the 2023 NFL season, Reg continued his Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL season. Where did we leave off this week? So this week, weeks 17 and 18. Woo! We're so close. We're so close. Um, week 17 at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee against oh, the Tennessee Titans. That Thursday night game. Thursday oh. night football. No oh. Tony Pollard. No uh, no Titans starting quarterback, so Josh Dobbs is the quarterback. No Derrick Henry. Remember how goofy the lead up to that week was? 
I about don't who, actually. who the quarterback was going to be. Oh, because Malik Willis and yes. Josh Dobbs had just gotten there. Yeah, just got there. Josh Dobbs got off. Like, they picked him up at the airport and was like, hey, suit up. <laughs> yes. It's time. Yes. Um, that's only slightly yes. an exaggeration. Uh, <laughs> and yet. But and still, yet. And I remember watching and watching this game because I'm watching the uh, condensed version. I'm not spending uh-huh. three hours watching these yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a problem. But um, at one point, they do the cutover to the sideline. And Malik uh-huh. Willis is there with his helmet on and his hand. Uh, just in his uh, his collar. Ain't gonna step nowhere near that. Just looking field. sad, Woo! sad and ready to go. <laughs> um, and speaking of Thursday night football, my first note of the fourth quarter is Thursday night football last game. <laughs> I I really, if I wanted to, I could stop right there. It was just Ooh, a Thursday night football. It last was game. poor. That that was one of the more poor performances of the season from the Cowboys. Even although although it was in a win, the lasting image I have of that game. Thursday night football ass game. Like honestly, Peyton Hendershot and that dropped interception he had. Buddy, there's there's <laughs> this is going to be a particular rewatch segment mm-hmm. that we're going to do. Just go ahead and woo saw right now. Deep, <laughs> let's do it together, everybody. Inhale, exhale, because we gonna need it. Um, the the pass game was pretty basic in this game. They just decided to tote the rock. <laughs> it was just run the damn football, and um, it was alright. Like, I mean, it wasn't like they were doing incredible, but they weren't doing, like, wildly poorly. In fact, I need to go back and look up the box score and see what the average um, yardage per carry was for both teams in this game. Because they, they were just running the football at each other like they didn't like each other or something. You know what I mean? Like, that that's what it felt like. And, of course, for the Tennessee Titans, some of this was the pass rush of the Cowboys is still the pass rush of the Cowboys. Yes. It was not super effective in this game, but... When I say super effective, that is on the scale of the Dallas Cowboys of 2022. It was still a pretty good pass rush. And so um, there need to be some kudos for Josh Dobbs in this, jumping into that situation and managing to decently you know, maneuver the pass rush and get the ball out. Did they do incredible things with that? No, not particularly. But um, <laughs> he, he was doing what he could and finding, you know, making decisions as best as he could. Um, with that being said, a lot of dump offs, if not runs. Like they weren't necessarily getting the ball downfield, um, these Cowboys. Now, there was instances where the play action was really getting after the Cowboys. And I wonder if the Cowboys came in like, oh, they this dude ain't even quarterback for him. It's a run. Right? Like it's a run. And so yeah. the play action got them a decent amount. But for the Cowboys, the run game wasn't explosive. Mm-mm. Um there was nothing really you know, satisfying in this game no. at all. It was just like, all right, no. let's get out here, handle this business, and somehow scratch away with a win. Some fun things. CeeDee Lamb, him. Yep. Um, This was the week that Michael Gallup had a nice little toe tap mm-hmm. over on the right sideline. That was fun. Like Michael Gallup looks pretty solid in this and looked comfortable in this game when he did and was capable actually. Starting to get his legs under his. him a little bit. There was a in the third quarter, my like my first note of the third quarter was there was an incredible anticipation throw to Gallup. And it's not one that you would view as like, oh man, incredible. Because it really was just like a, a sit route or like one of those like hooks or whatever. But as soon as he hits that point, that ball is in his right pocket. And just Michael Gallup, they, he really Dak Prescott really just trusts Michael Gallup in that moment to get in front of that defender and use his body to shield him off, and that ball is right there in his pocket. All you got to do is catch it, and that is exactly what happened. So there was there was instances where that, and it was just, Dak was simply making the right decision in a really, eh-looking football game. Um, I really talked way more about this game than I needed to, um, which, you know what? That's definitely what's going to happen in Week 18 as you travel 
to our nation's capital, as they like to say, even though you are not in the District of Columbia, you are Landover, Maryland, when you face the Washington Commandos. That's a great point. Um, great point. At FedEx Field. And to start the game, run, run, pass. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. That's what time it is. Uh, anger bobbled a punt, wasn't able to get the punt off. Washington, great field position. And now you've got Sam Howell, this is another young quarterback. Yes. And you could tell that they were trying to kind of trying to treat him like another young quarterback because they were like, well, how you like this pass rush? And we're just going to play zone and dare you to beat us. And he was like, I will throw the ball to Terry McLaurin, who is open in the zone. <laughs> Touchdown. Right? Like, um, this is another, I guess, rude awakening in a way for when it came to the Cowboys dealing with the young quarterback. It's like, no, he's actually capable of dealing with this. And it seemed like. It seems like uh, Dan Quinn's M.O., and I, I guess this is probably unfair for me to say it, this is definitively an, 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 let's start that again, definitively an M.O. for him, mm-hmm. but it's something I've noticed is when they've had young quarterbacks that they've played against, they've been like, show me what you got, right? Like, we are going to put some pressure on you, yeah, and we're going to sit back, and we're going to see if you can complete the throws. And Sam Howell, for his, to his credit, he did a decent job of, job of this. You know, quiet feet when these rushers are coming, especially unblocked. He looked comfortable getting the ball out, um, and there was no Brian Robinson, so they had and no Gibson, so they had like their third running back, and he was doing all right, I guess. But they were running aggressive, and they just kept at it, and Dallas just shot themselves in the foot they time did. and time again. What made me so angry about this particular game, number one, it felt like there was no sense of urgency from this football team. Absolutely, 100%. Well, well, for me, coming off the game, the lackluster performance that you had just had a week before against the Tennessee Titans, yes, you were able to get a win there, but now going into a rivalry game with Washington, a game that you were supposed to handle business, because now we're talking about building, quote-unquote, momentum toward the playoffs as you're getting ready for your playoff run. And I just felt like that kind of performance in that game against a team that you should have beat fairly comfortably, I thought there was a lack of urgency there. That was really disappointing, especially getting ready for the playoffs that I did not was very displeased with that particular it was, day. There was one of these games where I felt like the defense was at least alert and getting down and getting downhill. And I can't remember which one, so I'll I'll go ahead and, you know, kind of walk that one back. Uh Howell used his legs in this, but uh hey man. at, at one point in the third quarter, seven three and outs, which was the most that they had in the entirety of their season. This Comple- was completely unserious. Just entirely ineffective. Yeah. When we talk about um the way that they were doing. Actually the the mark, minute mark was six thirty remaining in the sixth uh, in the in third quarter and they had gotten their sixth third three and out. And then they added a seventh one. Um late in the third quarter they had, had two point two yards per carry. So the rushing wasn't happening. Then they were forcing Dak to throw on clear passing downs where you have a good defense you're playing against. They have they can get some pressure and they I'm telling you, there was a massive amount of coverage sacks in this, which points to something that we talked about already. And mm-hmm. when we started talking about it earlier, my eyes lit up because I knew I was gonna come back to it. Separation was a problem in this game. In fact, one of the interceptions, they're just all over. I mean, Peyton Hendershot had one of these, you know, where he just kind of tips it up. But another one of these, um, a bad Dak throw because they're playing in zone. You're watching the you're watching the team, and Dak stares down his wide receiver, who is Noah Brown in this play on an outside outside route. And I was like, there's a lot of Noah Brown targets in this game. How about that? Why is that happening? <laughs> and like, I don't mean that a shade to Noah Brown, but like when you are targeting Noah Brown consistently in a game, I feel like that's a point. That's some, probably something you need to look out and consider. And that was something I was like, why is this happening so damn much that you are 
intentionally targeting Noah Brown to the point where, yeah, no, uh, Fuller, Kendall Fuller could turn around, or it's not Kendall Fuller, but Fuller, one of them, I don't, his name is Fuller. I don't remember which what his name is, but it just jumps the route, takes a pick six. Like, this was just an and This is awful. after he had done it the first time where he almost got the pick the first time. Yes, it was, having it back was two back, yeah. back-to-back plays. Yeah. And so, like, it was just a, a very uninspired performance from this team, and I think it belied some of the underlying issues that this team has, and it really just all came to a head with really uh, lackluster play. Yeah, that was a game that I was so glad it was over with. You could tell, you know, post-game, the team was obviously perturbed with their performance, again, leading into what was, you know, the playoffs to get ready for wildcard weekend. Um, But, yeah, that was – that's one of those games that you just – all right, you watch the tape, flush it down the toilet, and get rid of it because now you got to watch that all the way to get ready for – the playoffs, but yeah, Sam Howell throwing his first career touchdown pass, of course, against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I talked about that Noah Brown. Noah Brown yeah. on that interception, he didn't even look like he had stopped and started driving to the football. They, yeah. they weren't attacking the football very well, and when they were, they were draped by the white jerseys with red helmets, right? There's an instance in the third quarter where Zeke gets out to the flats, Dak throws in the football, and Zeke's not looking for the ball. It's just a whole bunch of nonsense. Cavante Turpin with another Muffed punt. Yeah. In this one. Just which, unserious. Just completely unserious that day. I'm going to do the <laughs> thing. I'm going to do this thing real quick. And don't, you know, don't hold it against me. The Cavante Turpin thing. Is there gonna be is there gonna be a problem here this year for him? I mean, it better not be because number 42 we're ready to take his job. So you get what I'm saying then, yeah. right? Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Right? Like I understand Pro Bowl returner, and he had some fantastic returns. A lot of them were negated by holds or whatever, and a lot of those were by the dude who was wearing number one at that point. Um like he's gonna make some plays on offense too, not just especially he's gonna make some plays on offense with I'm actually the, not sold on that just yet. Then, then what are we we've been, a, we've been a roster spot for? We've him, been man. here before, haven't we? You remember Tavon Austin? Uh, yeah, I do. And yeah, we that was were, the came to people mind, yeah. swore up and down he was gonna get involved in the offense. Where was he? He was the jet sweep artist. And look, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Go that deep, ha- Tavon. Go I'm not, deep. I'm not saying that's what has to happen with Kevontae Turpin. I know that Kevontae Turpin was in the USFL and actually as a wide receiver was the MVP. Yeah. So they look, have to use him though in this offense. Otherwise, you're burning a roster spot for what? Yeah, you say that. But then again, we talk about the ideas of needing to get separation and everything in the wide receiving group that you had when you talk, talk about CD. Talk about Brandon Cooks. You talk about mm-hmm. Gallup. You talk about the way that J- Jalen Tober showed up in the preseason. You way you, he's looking like South Alabama uh, Jalen Tolbert, who is a player that you want to have on your team. How much do you want to then mix in Kevontae Turpin to make sure he's getting the football? Now again, it's a possibility we have yet to see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm not sold on that happening. I'll believe it when I see it is basically what I'm saying. But yeah, no, this this was a very uninspired way to end the season. I was not happy watching these games today, both the Tennessee game <laughs> and the Washington game. And the things that made me happy, oh, there was, I need to give some little bit of credit. Chauncey Golston was pretty solid last in these two weeks. Because okay. I, I talk, we talk about Jonathan Hankins and the way that he stood up in, in um, run stop. Chauncey Golston was solid in these as well. Um, but yeah, man, like, Thankfully, some of the things that were issues, I think uh, it was a dude named Mullen playing cornerback in that uh, Week 18 game against Washington, and he got he got fried up on the outside. And I was like, oh, yes, thank God you are in a situation where cornerback, barring injury, knock on whatever wood is available to you at, at your listening um, location, mm-hmm. um, that cornerback is not going to be a thing that gets to that level for you, right? You're going to be in a place. There's a lot of things, you know, wide receiver is a place where it should be giving you more opportunities to get separation in these things. A lot of the bad things that you saw hopefully will get fixed. And the only one, other one is just 
can your wide receivers and pass catchers in general not bat the ball up into defenders? Because that was that was the thing. I was flabbergasted through this rewatch of the regular season at how many times it happened. Because I, I knew it was like, man, there was a lot of there was a lot of things that weren't his fault. But it really was a lot. And I've I think Kevin, you could attest when Dak has had the mistake and thrown an interception. I've been honest in saying that he made a mistake and it was a bad play. There's there were so many instances this past season. Where it was just dudes batting the ball into defenders, and I was like, "How? How? How is this bad luck?" I would probably say half of his interceptions were dudes not being able to catch the football, like the Peyton Hendershot interception from the Tennessee Titans game. When I tell you that ball hit him square in the hands, it's like, "Dog, look, what's Dak supposed to do?" I don't know what you're supposed to do. What's supposed to do there? Um, so I think part of that will just be eliminated from a turnover standpoint with just dudes. Who are better at catching the football, Brandon? You good? You gonna be all right, man? He, he, wow, he's so frustrated. He broke his his microphone. That's crazy. Um, Brandon Cooks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> dudes that can catch the football, <laughs> man. I'm. I don't know how I feel after this thing, after this cap to the season, but like clearly rewatching it, you see all you see a lot of the good, and you see the issues that they had and the ways that they've been very intentional in trying to overcome them and now all that remains to be seen is if they are capable if those if those stop gaps or whatever the right answer or word is to describe what they've done to fix the roster if those things are actually going to be successful um and next week i will look at what happened in the playoffs <laughs> and uh maybe maybe i'll find something where i go oh yeah but that's the issue that's not going to be or that hasn't been addressed yet or that we still are going to need to find out about but as of right now there is some solace within me as a being that they have at least attempted to address the issues that they have, uh, that they had last year, and they should be stronger for it. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Appreciate Reg taking us through his Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL. Should season. I just give up? Should I just be like, yeah, I don't care about the postseason? Y'all saw it. No, I want to relive that. <laughs> you game. do, KG. That, you hear that? KG wants to relive the San Francisco game, y'all. No, the the wild card. Oh, game. okay. Yeah, that was great. The other one. Uh, coming up next, though, here on the Get Right, little college football corner as the college football season is underway, including a couple of big ones on Saturday. And this question when it comes to Caleb Williams and Georgia, next on the Get Right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's head to the college football corner here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up? Larry D. Flores holding it down for you. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app coming up in 15 minutes. Why Mark Slayer needs to know his role and shut his mouth. Oh. 
Uh, I'll tell you why in 14 minutes when we go inside the gray area, since he's got some stinking truth to uh, lay out for us, I guess. Okay. All right. Uh, but it's a big weekend in college football. The marquee game tonight, which really hasn't been all that great. Uh, Utah whooping that ass in uh, Utah as they take on Florida. Yeah, I don't know what you expected. Utah is, they won the Pac-12 last year. I believe they won the Pac-12 the year before as well. They're number 14th ranked. And Florida is a team that is rebuilding itself. Billy Napier, I believe this is year two under his uh, under his helm. And they are really building this thing back up. And particularly Billy Napier, he's a program builder. He did it at Louisiana. And he's going to need time to you know get this thing together. I mean, hell. If this is any indication of where Florida is, their starting quarterback is Graham Mertz, who that means that they have a transfer quarterback coming to Florida from Wisconsin. Might want to keep your expectations and your standards just a little low for them this year. You had me out on transfer quarterback from Wisconsin. That's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's where I'm like, nope. (laughs) Also, another thing that probably could have told you how this was going to go did you know that this game that's currently taking place where Utah is leading 24-3 against Florida, this is Florida's first non-conference road game outside of the state of Florida in 11,667 days. That would put their last, the last game that they had against Syracuse at Syracuse, at the, I believe at the Carrier Dome. Actually, it might not be. Um, they lost 38-21 on September 21st, 1991. They haven't played a road opener since 19... No, a road out-of-conference game. Oh, wow. So, it, it don't have to be the first of the opener, yeah. just not against the SEC. They do not They do not play road games. Oh, wow. Um, and apparently, they don't win them because the last time Florida won an out-of-conference road game outside of Florida, versus a Power 5 team, that is, was the year 1947. But what? Versus NC State. That's an that's that's an insane number. So I don't know what you expected. <laughs> oh uh, real quick before we get into some of the games in this weekend, uh, big news tomorrow when it comes to the ACC uh, that has implications for SMU. ACC presidents and chancellors are scheduled to have a phone call tomorrow morning to discuss expansion again. Multiple so- sources telling ESPN, while it remains unclear whether there are enough votes to add. Cal, Stanford, and SMU, there mm-hmm. is hope for a resolution to the month-long conversations. Uh, the president's call that was initially supposed to happen on Monday, uh, but was postponed after a North Carolina faculty member, uh, unfortunately, was shot and killed right. on campus. Which is the right move, right? Like, this, clearly, there's things that matter significantly more than, you know, conference realignment for athletics. So, SMU could be on its way to the ACC. Uh, we will see what comes of those calls uh, tomorrow morning. And remember when we talked to our friend Shihan Jayaraja, mm-hmm. um, he was talking about the idea of they might not even go in and get any, you know, revenue share from the from the TV for a certain amount of time. Oof. But it's just an opportunity Oof. to upgrade status. I mean, this is a team that's been stuck in what? Is, is it the Conference USA or is it the American? I think it's Conference USA and now they're in the American. Like, this is a, this is a team that's been oper- operating and trying to get um, their status back after, you know, the Pony Express really, I mean, literally killed the program. And so an They've opportunity to be yeah. in, a, in, in a real Power 5 situation is one that they jump at, especially as a, as a private school that is well-funded, we can say. Um, a school that is not a private school 
probably a decently funded shot at T-Man Tillman Fertitta, but also making uh, their way back to the P5. The University of Houston, like I said, back to the P5. They're in the Big 12 this season. And they, while they are basically, a lot of people are voting for them to be um, the last team in the Big 12, they won't be the last in looks as they are unveiling a look this year. And look, I understand. I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth right now. People probably won't care, but people love a good uniform. And their uniforms, some of their uniforms this year, are inspired by the Houston Oilers. You get a feel for that right there, KG? Can oh, you see wow. it? Can, okay. you, can you give me just a basic description of what's happening there? We with- got the powder blue jersey there. You got the white helmet with the uh the looks like the blue and you know red stripe going down the middle. That's right. The Houston Oiler inspired uh Houston Cougar logo on the side of the helmet. I actually kind of dig it. It's a good look. I, I also, dig it. But yeah. that made me wonder, being being in Texas, being in DFW in particular. Yeah. Are people do how do people feel about that jersey? Because I feel like it's widely beloved, you know, the the love you blue, you know, yeah. Houston Oilers, but also There's not much about Houston that I go up for, but those powder blue jerseys that the uh, Houston Oilers used to rock. Like I'm I'm very I'm very classic. intrigued because like look, man, usually you could just say things are classic regardless, but I also know Houston Dallas doesn't always uh doesn't always mix. <laughs> uh I kinda like that though. Um uh, good for for Houston. And that, uh, that yeah, program they're going to look good when they're getting these losses. Yeah. I mean, you might as well look good when you're getting your ass whooped. <laughs> um, in our college football corner here, I got a question because we got a couple of big games this weekend. Yes, sir. Namely, LSU, Florida State, two top 10 teams with college football playoff aspirations. But, of course, all eyes of the college football world will be on uh, USC throughout the course of this season. Uh, we saw USC be able to get a win in their opener uh, last week. But... I saw this question on ESPN. And I, it made me think. I was like, this is a hell of a question. Which is more likely? Caleb Williams winning a second straight Heisman Trophy or Georgia three-peating this college football season as national champions? Which one is more likely? I'm going to the three-peat. I think Georgia got the goods to do it for a third year in a row? Georgia is stacked like it's something that I don't know how much and like people know this I think like I'm not saying anything particularly novel the torch has been handed when it comes to like program at the height of college football particularly when we're talking about recruiting and stuff like some of the instances that you've seen in the past where it's like that guy five star will where will he go oh it's probably Alabama that now is Georgia and they just took it from Alabama didn't they? they just took it Sure did. They just took it from them. And so, I mean, look, I understand there's there's some very good football programs out there this year. But if I was going to go one team versus the field, I mean. Yeah, Georgia looks pretty good. Georgia's <laughs> a very easy place to go there. Um, and now the, the SEC is going to provide some challenges this year because you have the likes of LSU um, as well as Alabama. And, I mean, you can also talk about, um, you can also talk about A&M. Who, you know, I understand they looked awful last year. I do not think that they will look awful again this year. Um, but knowing Georgia, if they are able to get through that with the incredible talent that they have, um, back at it again. But the Caleb Williams, he will be really good. But I also know that Drake May is in here looking really good. And I personally have quite a fondness for Michael Penix Jr. The 25th Washington. year senior in Washington. That's right. I think that that thing's going to look really good, and he's going to have a really good look at winning the Heisman this year. 
And winning back-to-back Heismans isn't the easiest thing to do. No, it is not. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch him try, though, uh, this upcoming season. Of course, USC dump truck San Jose State 56-28. Uh, in week zero. But they gave 20, 28 points to San Jose State. Woo. That is an Alex Grinch defense, ladies and gentlemen. Woo. Expect USC to give up points. Yeah, they're going to give up a ton. <laughs> they're going to score a bunch, but they're going to give up a ton. Uh, but as I mentioned, the highlight is LSU, Florida State in the biggest matchup of the weekend. Ohio State kicks off their season against Indiana. But, of course, the game that's going to be on the minds of the TCU Horn Frogs will be taking place at 11 a.m. on Fox when Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes and their million players from the transfer portal uh, walk in to M&G Carter Stadium to play the number 17 ranked TCU Horn Frogs at 11 o'clock Saturday morning. I'm just here for the scene. For the vistas? Yeah, I, I really don't even care what happens in the game. Like You obviously want to see... TCU acquit, them, acquit themselves, and they should win this football game. Um, but just the idea of that coach with that program, knowing all the history that he has already in the DFW area, that being his first game as a major college football head coach, uh, Deion Sanders at TCU, uh, playing against TCU, that's going to be one hell of a scene. What are people actually expecting from Colorado this year? They're not going to be great. Not, not in year one. I don't think they're going to be. Good. If they win five or six games, that's a that's a major accomplishment. If for they them. win five or six games, they are doing like what I honestly would probably deem the impossible. Y'all realize that Colorado is like a perpetual two win type program. I mean, look, their first five games of the season. Check this out: at TCU, home versus Nebraska, home versus Colorado State. Their next two are against Oregon and USC. They play three top. 17 teams in their first five games of the season. Schedule is not going to be easy for them. They also play uh, Oregon State, who's ranked this year, and they finish up their season at Utah uh, on November 25th. So schedule is not easy for Dion and the Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado's over-under is three and a half. Yes, I'm saying they win five or six, if if they win five or six games this year. That is a major, major accomplishment. And mind you, for them in year one, right? Because I understand people are like, well, they were so bad. Did Dion raise the profile? Because I mean, they they have an, an incredible abundance of transfers in this year, and of course, that also means they have a lot of transfers out. They opened at three and a half wins last year as well. So I mean, as a program, when it comes to like betting odds, which I understand is not the end all be all, but can be in some ways illustrative uh, to the process of what's happening here. Exact same start, you know what I mean? So like. Look, I know there's a lot of people that are rooting for Dion to win, and I get that, and I respect that. I just want to temper your expectations because you might be – he is not going to walk on water in the census right now. Yeah, they're not going to be great this year. No, no not at all. Not at all. Um, but they're going to have a lot of eyeballs watching them. <laughs> I can't wait to see the rating for that game uh, when that game is over with because I think it's going to do a large number. Uh, for Fox when it comes to Dion. Oh, yeah. and It's kind of crazy, though, that Fox has basically promoted this as Dion versus TCU. You've seen that? That is wild. <laughs> they don't get, Look, and they got Travis Hunter. They got Shadur Sanders. Like, they got a couple of names that in the college football world. They don't really like, care about that. They don't really care. It's Dion coming home to take on. Which 
TCU. To be fair, right? Like, like, damn. The biggest, the biggest personalities in college football are the coaches. The coaches, yeah. Um, but not like this. <laughs> it ain't usually been like this. No, it has not. Uh, a little college football corner here on week one of the twenty twenty three college football season. Larry, you excited? I want. I want to hear you. You excited? He's for not going to crack your Texas. You're going to get a thumbs up. You no, know that. it's Texas Longhorns. You excited? No, for don't you? don't play today. I hate you so much. Turn that down, man. All right. We go inside the gray area next on the good right. About to go inside the gray area here on the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Larry D. Flores holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on this Thursday night on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Shout out to Fan Phenom, the final week in Mansfield at Fat Daddy's. Hopefully y'all having a good time. My man Alec Medford's listening uh, as well. He was chiming in during the uh, college football segment there. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. opinions did he have? Uh, He heard me tease the whole um, Mark Schlereth, you know. Oh. Know oh. your role, shut your mouth. Oh, okay. So I guess yeah. we should probably get that. We'll get to that here yeah. in just a minute. Yeah. And he, tw- you know, he's a big wrestling fan like myself. Wrestle. And uh, he was like, yeah. So he finished the whole The Rock thing. If you're some male, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Familiar. That's pretty cool there. Uh, we'll get you caught up on your headlines at the top of the hour here on the Get Right. Uh, Rangers off today. Get back on the diamond tomorrow. They need, need to build some, some momentum here. And I know they took two or three from the Mets, you know, in New York. Um, but at the same time, that was a hell of a catch. Someone just got mossed on, baby. Yeah, we're watching Florida and uh, Utah and Douglas on the receiving end. Of, Caleb Douglas. On the pass from. Graham Mertz put that Graham on. Mertz he put it where it needed to be. For a 19-yard touchdown. Yeah, that was a nice little pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. That'll be on. Uh, you got. You remember that segment on. Uh, you got mossed? No, no, no. The other one that used to be on. ESPN NFL countdown, Sunday, Monday night countdown. Uh, Are you, you talking about jacked up? Yeah. You got jacked up. That was a great segment. We've, we've progressed as human beings to not cheer openly at those things. Why? CTE, I Ryan mean, Shazier, things of that nature. I mean, all right. What about kid? That's, answer. Well, that's the answer. Go ahead. Say something, KG. Nope. Not. I, and I did that delicately because I did. really, I really could have. <laughs> you could have dunked on that, but I was like, I just wanted to make it very clear that I wasn't trying to do all that. I love how the NFL tries to not have a celebrate the violence of the game, but yet perpetually. But, except, look, if if we want to be very honest about it, the violence is a part of the appeal for a lot of folks, if not exactly. all. Exactly, that's right. Now we don't have to be proud about that portion, but it, we have to be honest. We about have it, to acknowledge though. it mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, as we go inside the gray area here. Uh, before we get to Mark. Oh, hey, Missouri's being a football team. Don't do that. Relax. They are. I know. They're winning. Okay. They should I was just checking the scoreboard, buddy. Beat the brace off of South Dakota. Anyway. Uh, before we get to Mark Schlereth here in just a moment. Is it Schlereth? Schlereth. Schlereth. Stink. Yeah, just say the stink. Uh, apparently, a lot of y'all are upset at McDonald's these days. For what in particular? Because I imagine there's a lot of reasons you could do that. Uh, McDonald's getting called out for having a dollar menu with no items on oh, the yeah. menu that cost actually a dollar. That's right. 
That's right. That's right. No, no, no. Charge them. <laughs> charge them people up. Cause, <laughs> cause them hot, them hot and spicy McChickens. Hell, so they they held people down, buddy. There was times. There was times where all you could do, get your couple lows, and and pray. You know what I mean? What you mean? That's, the, the prayer is necessary. You need to. You know, you you read the Bible. You are you are a man of a, of a certain amount of religious faith. What they do? They brought them. They brought them fishes and them loaves, and they made sure to pray over them so that they could stretch. You got to make a stretch, KG. And turn those five Barney loaves into you know whatever. Do you realize it's been ten years since the original dollar menu was introduced? Was it only ten years ago? Y'all realize that? No, that doesn't ten feel right. Ten years doesn't feel right. Larry, like yeah, I remember them days. Remember no, that doesn't feel right. I feel like I feel like the dollar menu stretched further back. Uh, no, it's been uh, ten years. Yeah. Um, somebody's lying. I remember getting. Oh, I'm sushi. sorry. They dumped its original dollar menu. I was like, buddy, in 2013. I'm sorry. I, I read that. I remember well I before they're getting stuff for a dollar, brother. Okay, I, no, I, no, no. It's look. I was I was starting to question my sanity. That's all that was happening there. I was like, hold on. Reading There's a, a lot of things that are yeah. now that are like. Yeah. Am I in the Matrix? It's stuff shift. That's all that happened. Uh, reading is fundamental, and the sentence actually says it's now been five years since McDonald's introduced its one. Two, three dollar, which they thought was doing something, which is like, yes, that's how prices work. They go various. Like, you, you thought <laughs> you were doing something. By, yes. <laughs> um, after dumping its original dollar menu in 2013, so it's been 10 years since they got rid of. It was a precursor to the end. We yeah. should we should have been able to see it. <laughs> now they're charging 3.15 for a hot and spicy. Like like we can't read. Like, we don't like we can't count. Well, now now they hit you with the 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 three dollar fifty bundle. Where you can get like a double cheeseburger and a small fry for three fifty. My thing is, if you're gonna make that kind of a bundle, can I get something to drink? Like make it five dollars. Actually, make it- okay. I kind of like the. Don't worry about the drink. A water cup, please. Thank you. <laughs> Look, man. Okay. We- <laughs> okay. Wait. You know them times. Damn it. Now, like the text line was working because were you water cup guy that actually took the water cup and got you, you know, it your favorite drink of choice? It depends. I grew. I definitely grew out of that entirely uh-huh. to a point. Because also, I got to a point where I was like, I need to be drinking water anyways. <laughs> um, but yes, there there was definitely a time. Hey man, look, I'm not above it. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta bend the rules to make stuff shake. Larry, this is the part where you participate in the program. Were you a water? Were you a water cup? I'm actually go get my favorite drink. You know, type of person when you ask for the water cup at your favorite restaurant. You were all right. Gonna shake your head. All right, cool. That's, That's a nod, shit. sir. Or nod. Mm-hmm. You got the point. Well, the people listening didn't. That's the only problem. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Since he won't talk to us. That's right. <laughs> Except just play the Texas fight song when he gets. Don't don't, don't do it again. Yeah, don't, don't don't please. Don't, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I even. Why would you? Yeah. yeah don't tempt him. I don't know why I did that. Um, but yeah, so a lot of y'all are apparently charged up at the idea that McDonald's is out here not having items on the um, menu. So do you remember? What the original items offered on the one, two, three dollar menu? The one, two, three. Yeah, I was look. I was out of the McDonald's game well before that. Actually, before that happened, um, obviously you got the McChicken. Got to be on there. There's the yep. the the basic cheeseburger. I don't know what they That's actually right. call it. Yep. Um, there's cheeseburger. A, yep. There's a small fry in there. Mm-hmm. There's like a small. What is it? Four or five nuggets? Four nuggets? Um, it was. Or did they get the nuggets out the pan? Yeah, they got the nuggets out the pan. Oh, that's nasty so business. Sausage burrito, McChicken sandwich, cheeseburger, any size soft drink. Now they did use to crush it on that. The the dollar soft drink. Yeah, which yeah. I, I do love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was great. Um, Held summers down, baby. No, they really did. <laughs> High sea orange, no ice, all the time. 
Um, on the $2 portion, you had sausage McGriddles, two-piece. Okay, why did they get rid of the crispy? Uh, remember the tenders? You remember the uh, five, the tender meals that they used to have? I mean, I guess in theory, but I never ordered it. Look, I, they probably got rid of it because there was a point in time, probably in like, and my timeline might not be right, but definitely in the 90s I can remember, but maybe in the 80s as well, where these companies thought, we're going to be everything to all people. Yes. And so the menu just got bloated. And I think companies realized, hey, that's a lot of expense and stocking all these different. <laughs> Y'all go eat what we put on this. So menu. they were like, you know, it came to a point and we've seen this almost to a drastic point with a lot of restaurants where they have paired back their menu. Mm-hmm. Have fewer items do them well. Now, of course, we're talking about McDonald's. So, you know, that's relative grain of salt. But, you know, yeah, like fewer <laughs> items. Have your have your staples do them well. It's one of the things like raisin canes. They're like, we got three things on the menu. It's one of the reasons why I am so mad when you get to the speaker and you can't order. It's three things on the menu. It's three things on the menu. <laughs> you got a uh, it's uh, chicken, chicken, a chicken sandwich, chicken sandwich, or more chicken. Like those are the, those are the, those are the things you have to choose from. What's the big one they call it? The the caniac. It is the caniac. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, people voicing their displeasure on TikTok. And other social media forums because of the fact that there isn't actually dollar menu, dollar items on the uh, dollar menu. McDonald's turned their back on the people. That's nasty business. Now where are the people going to turn to? Well, hopefully. Little Caesars done raise the price of the hot and ready. Like, where are the people going to? Oh, it's not $5 to- anymore? Hell no. Oh, how much is the hot and ready now? Let me do the Googles. I think it's probably like six something. I haven't gotten one in a while, so... Oh God bless! I'm look. You living well. Look, that, you living okay, well. No, wait, that wasn't He's meant. Well. Now relax. I mean, that was not meant to be. It's been a long time since I've needed that. That is not what that meant to sound like. Because I will go up for some crazy bread. Crazy bread's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but who? Where's the, where's the people's establishment? You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good one. That's who? who what is, is the people's champ of pizza now? Of just anything, because yeah. McDonald's used to be the people's champ in a way, being able to go get that dollar. The uh-huh. hot and ready Little Caesars used to be the people's champ when yeah. it was like, look, I got a car full of kids. We not cooking. We stopping by for two things, hot and ready, right? Like the, Damn where, you, text line. Where's the people's champ now? Wish I could see the answers. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we some, feel so disconnected. I know, right? Some of you will feel real disconnected when you hear this piece of information from uh, Mark Schlereth. Who apparently has a podcast had no idea shout out to him i guess everybody's had a take when it comes to this whole trey lance deal with trey lance coming to the dallas cowboys uh and stink let his stinking truth be known as my computer is buffering oh just everything is shutting down huh? well it's not necessarily shutting down it's just going really really slow but basically... So apparently the hot and ready is $6, but of course you add tax on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Slayrith on his podcast, Go Scorched Earth on Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, saying, quote, this is why the Cowboys will never win blank. What, what, is, what is why? Um, because of the Trey Lance deal. Here it is. Okay. Quote, this is why the Cowboys will never win S. Because Jerry Jones can't help himself. You think about Jerry Jones, you go, you're gonna go out there, you're gonna make a trade for a guy without talking to anybody else in your organization. Stephen Jones, your head coach, Mike McCarthy, your quarterback. He continued. Quote, oh, they may win a bunch of regular season games because they're talented. They'll get in the playoffs and they'll 
S in their helmets like they do every year. And so what part about that was about Trey Lance? Because that feels like the general critique of the Cowboys with or without Trey Lance. It sounded like he just wanted to just, you know. Yell about the Cowboys? Yeah. Wel- welcome to national media, buddy. <laughs> like that's, that's what we all do. Thanks. Let me tell you something. Uh, as much as people cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys, right, wrong, or indifferent. Love to hate them. When I tell you, and you know this, Larry, you know this, the national driver of conversation that leads every single sports show in this country, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, man. Like it's it's one of the it's one of the fan bases that just stretches far and wide. It reaches into all different demographics, and then on top of that, while also being a very big um, a very big nation to itself, right? Of like yes. fan base, it also then has rivals that are also big fan bases right it's one of the things that you know um the organization from its earliest days had and that's why they were fought tooth and nail to remain in the nfc east or you know whatever the division was at that point yeah. it was just because you looked around and you were like hey we are not going to move away from the the city centers of philadelphia new york washington dc no 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 we're going to stay attached to those because that also offers a level of visibility when you talk about media markets, when you talk about look at all the fans of those teams historically that also then have some level of feeling, whether even though it's negative towards your team, and that's a, that's amount of relevance. Because the Cowboys geographically should be in the NFC South. NFC South, maybe you can maybe send a situation where they end up in one of these West divisions. Yeah, but uh, my message to Mark uh, Schlereth. Know your own, shut your mouth. Okay. Okay. That's all I got to say. I just thought my message is: Can you make your criticism a little more coherent? Yeah, because that didn't make a damn bit of sense. That's my that's my thing. Period. Yeah. Uh, that's inside the gray area here on the get right, as Ronald Acuna has just slammed his way into the record books. Oh, my man hit a grand slam for his thirtieth home run of the season. <laughs> he is He's now so good. Officially a thirty. 60 man. Can we just give him the MVP now? Uh, Mookie Betts might have something to say about that. That's fair. Uh, by That's the way, true. Great. I realize I just have not given a care about the Dodgers at all this season, which is a very weird thing to do. Because they're so damn good. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, that grand slam broke a 1-1 tie in the top of the second. Uh, the <laughs> At the time, the uh, Braves were up 5-1 after that grand slam by Ronald Acuna. But yeah, now 30 homers on the season. Officially 30-60 man on the season. Good at baseball. Really good at baseball. Headlines at the top of the hour here on the Get Right on 105 Through the Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.